it's teaching your kids about business. And if you're not able to create a garage sale or a lemonade stand, people, you have a business. Look at your tax return. Talk about the things that should be implemented in your situation. They might be going through 30, 40, 50 things, but 10 of them make sense to you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Main Street Business Podcast with yours truly, Mark Kohler and the amazing Matt Sorensen, here to talk about S-corporations and paying kids, dispelling the myths. I don't know why it's out there. It's just crazy talk out there. Well, it's because TikTok, the internet, it's all full of BS and people that think they know what they're talking about (laughs) and they don't. Um, And when it comes to your tax return, this all falls on you and taxes and penalties. So we want to make sure you're doing it right because this is a cool strategy. You can pay your kids. We've paid our kids in our businesses. We want our clients to be doing it. It's a great tax strategy. It's also, you know what, a great strategy to teach your kids how to work and be part of the family business. It's like, it's so many things all wrapped up in one. There's so much to talk about here. I want to just unpack why this topic came up. Mm. I was talking to another accountant and he was saying, I'm like uh, uh, getting – uh, I'm a spotted white leopard or I'm a, I'm a heretic. You know, he's like in my town, I tell people you need an S corporation and you can still pay your kids. Here's how you do it. And other accountants, CPAs who can be very egotistical uh, say, Oh, you can't do it that way. And you got to withhold FICA and you got all this. And he's like, no, I've been trying to tell people and he's finding clients that are staying a single member LLC Schedule C is in Charlie paying self-employment tax out the rear end just so they can keep their kids on the payroll and not withhold FICA because they've been told if I go to an S corp, I, I, if I pay my kids now I have to withhold FICA. That's wrong. It's blatantly wrong. It's not even high risk. This isn't even aggressive tax planning. This is basic tax planning 101. And these old school accountants are, I don't know where they're getting the information. It's just crazy talk. So we want to break down how you go from being an S-corp owner to employing your kids. And we need to, of course, hit some basics here of of, yeah, you know why and how and when. Where do you like to start, Matt? Where, where? Well, where, I how love how you started with the myth there because with every little myth, there's a little ounce of truth to it that that, mm. that gets people stuck. And that's let's start there. Actually, if you pay your kids right out of your S corp, mm-hmm. you do need to withhold. Okay, and so that's where that little bit of truth is there. But that doesn't mean you're stuck and you can't pay your kids and have an awesome tax strategy. As an S corporation owner, we're just going to go another route. (laughs) We got a solution and the smart, savvy tax advisors have it too. We're not the only ones, but there is a, there is a way. And like the Mandalorian would say, this is the way. Oh, wow, man. You threw down for some fans, the Mandalorian (laughs) quote. Wow. Um, Mark, show us, show us the way. This is the way. Show us the way. Okay. Well, let's, let's unpack a few basics. First of all, we are not advocating that you ever pay your kids for doing family chores or just kind of a booked amount because you think you can do it. The kids need to be actually participating in the business. They may be as young as five or six years old helping clean the office and empty trash and shred paper or go out to a work site and pick up nails around the rental property or construction rehab or who knows what, you know, like I, you could, uh, you might have a really uh, low income housing unit and you have your kids rocking around picking up syringes and, and needles, <laughs> you know, that, you, you know, are, that are unsafe. 
in the neighborhood. So you mm-hmm. want your kids out there picking these things up, mm-hmm. uh, making sure you're making the community safer. So those are important, you know, so yeah. as, whether they're age five or six or 15 doing social media uh, and yeah. or 18 or 30, whatever, if the kids are helping in the business, quit paying taxes at your rate. Let's yeah. get them on the payroll. And I say payroll in Air quotes. Yes, good, that's good, yeah, good, good air quotes. And I'll say this. I mean, my kids have been paid in my business. And you know what? They have came in and cleaned the office. They've been at events and sold my books. They've done social media. They've done my bookkeeping. They've done different things over the years where I could pay them. Now, I'm not paying them like a $50,000 or some ridiculous salary or something that doesn't make sense or some compensation. But I'm paying them, I'm paying them what they're worth. But I, even me as a kid, and I remember you, Mark, too. You like As a little kid, you were like, cleaning the office at your, your dad's business. Yeah, I was working yeah. on my dad's literally, I mowed the rental properties in my dad's duplex for like eight years as a kid, you know, from when I was like yeah. seven or eight, I'm out there that, I mean, I didn't get paid for that, but I should have been paid for that. <laughs> yeah, your know? dad was writing off. You just yeah. didn't know it. <laughs> I guess I was getting, I was getting paid here, but yeah. So, yeah. um, so we know these things are happening naturally. And even if you just have a rental property or something, you can be paying your kid. Um, but don't get stuck on this S-Corp. I'm an S-Corp. I got this operating business and I can't pay him. Yeah, absolutely. So number one, make sure your kids have a legitimate job. I like that Matt brought up that compensation needs to be reasonable. So you might pay uh, as a five or six-year-old for office duties $100 a month or a couple hundred dollars a month. Hey, that two or $3,000 that adds up during the year could pay for school clothes. It could pay for music lessons or fund a little Roth IRA for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be a lot. Now, when your kids start in teenage years and they're really helping much more in the business, I've seen clients pay them five, 10, 15 grand. They might be working the summer months. Uh, now, we're going to go method here in a moment, mm-hmm. but just again, principle. They're working in the business, and it's reasonable. I don't care if you turn in a time card or not. It's just got to make sense, and the, the list is reasonable, and the value is is reasonable. So I yeah. think those are some some baseline issues. To, and I, to and I always think of like an IRS agent, like what's going to raise their eyebrow, and I know they have a low tolerance for it. But you know, if it's like less than 10 grand in particular, like th- how much time are they going to spend on that? If you're like, you know, this is what my kid did in the business. You know, if you're throwing l- numbers larger than that, that, that kid better be working. That's like, you know, they're, they're, you're paying them more than a thousand bucks a month. That, that They better be doing quite a bit of work to, to deserve that pay. Yeah. And I don't even know. I don't know if I, I might take issue with what you just said, Matt, that the IRS has low tolerance for this. I've had clients, I've never had a client in 23 years get audited yeah. for paying their kids. And in fact, I've been in audits where they're like, oh, that's the kid pay. Fine. Let's go over here and talk about your nurses and your practitioners and, and mm-hmm. who's, who's getting paid under the table or who's getting a 1099 when they should be a W2. The kid thing is not a big deal. Um, okay. So now okay, fair enough. you've, you've, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, like, I was just saying, like, don't get greedy. You know, don't be like paying some ridiculous amount of money. I'm just saying, we're talking less than 10 grand from what most clients are doing here. So, totally, totally. Don't go over the top. Now, okay. So now we talk methodology. Now, since the title of this podcast is S Corporations, we're going to stick to that. I mean, we've I've got a chapter in my book, the Tax and Legal Playbook on this. We've got other podcasts where we talk about paying kids 18 and older, board of directors, board of advisors. But let's just stick with the S-Corp. And I'm going to take some low-hanging fruit, something easy, Matt. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So low-hanging fruit. If your kids are 18 or older, you're going to 1099 them. Easy schmeasy. 
You're not going to put them on as a W-2 unless they work alongside the other rank and file employees. And if they look like an employee, smell like an employee, act like an employee, then you W-2 them. You're getting going to get in trouble with the state. You need to do your pseudo FICA and all that, just like any other employee. But nine times out of 10, the kids are coming and going. They're providing more advisory services. They might be at college or helping with rentals. Who knows what? But pay the kids just a 1099. They love it. It's a wonderful gift to give them in their Christmas stocking every year. Wonderful write-off. Now they've got a Schedule C. They can write off their own auto, their own uh, travel, their own cell phones that they might be paying for. And so a 1099 is just easy schmeasy. 18 and older, go there. Try to stay away from the W-2 unless you have to. That's easy. As corp owners, pay your adult children. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All my mm-hmm. kids get a 1099. Okay. Love that. Um, now, what about under 18? <laughs> yeah. Where do you start there? You, I know you've done uh, – you had a yeah. story on this too you were going to tell me about. Is this a good time to hear the story? I, I was kind of like this. Yeah, I could. Well, let's get let's do the methodology. I want to tell that one after the methodology because it'll tie okay. in better after the methodology. Right. But here's the here's the case okay, for the uh, under eighteen, right? Kids working in the business, you do not want to cut. You're not going to ten ninety nine them. Hell no, we're not doing that, and um, we're not going to pay them directly out of the S corp because it's true. You would have to do this withholding. Instead, we yeah, are going to W two. Yeah. No W-2, no 1099. This is the way we are going to set up a family management company. Your S corp is going to pay for services that that family management company provides to your S corp. Let's say it's $10,000 worth of it. You got two kids that each got made five grand that are going to come out of this family management company to pay them. We'll get that in a second. Well, you just have a $10,000 expense now, right? You just took your taxable income down in the S corp, 10 grand. Let's say you're in a 30% fed 5% 5% state tax bracket, that's a $3,500 tax savings right there by pushing this income over. Okay. Now we've got it though in this family management company. So you're picking up this 10,000 in income, right? So now it's on your schedule C. This is going to be a sole proprietorship. Typically it's going to be a sole proprietorship, but then I'm going to expense it back out there by paying each of those two kids, five grand in that example. Now that nets out to zero those, you don't have to do withholding on it because it's paid out of a family company that's a sole proprietorship. Got around all the FICA issues. We got to expense that money. Your kids made some money. You could throw it in a Roth IRA for each of them. I mean, how sweet is that? Love it. And I, by the way, I learned that okay. from Mark Kohler. Ah, thank you. <laughs> all right. Now we're going to, now here's another caveat is when you, in this example of Matt's, when you pay a kid $5,000, you're not withholding FICA. You're not doing a W-2 or a 1099 from any of the businesses. And your kid does not even have to file a 1040 tax return because they're under the standard deduction. And the standard deduction uh, is very important to keep in mind. I've got my table here of state standard deductions, but the federal standard this year is 13,850. So you could theoretically pay your child if they earned it for reasonable comp and duties, $13,000, they don't even file a federal return, but they're still a dependent on the parents' returns and they could even still get the child tax credit if they qualified. So the the payment is is really a wonderful thing all the way through, all the way down the stream, all the way through the, the assembly line here. Um, now I want to throw out one thing. Matt said family management company. Do not walk into Wells Fargo or Chase and go, I am setting up a family management company. It'll blow their brain. They don't need it. Uh, just say, I'm opening <laughs> up a sole proprietorship. You need to have a separate bank account for it. You, maybe you set up a DBA 
you know, Kohler family janitorial. So make it a little janitorial business, make it a little marketing business, have a purpose for the business. Don't call it, we call it a family management company because it just makes sense to call it that. But when you're actually filling out the SS4 and going to the bank and opening up a bank account, a DBA, come up with something fun, you know, uh, Kohler support services, you know, it's just a little business Mm -hmm. and that's what you're going to pay out of your S corp into that bank account. You have to follow the paper trail. When you watch better call Saul, he was very particular about laundering money. You have to follow the steps. Oh, did I just say laundering money on our show? Our, <laughs> our producer said not to say that, right? Yeah, it's taboo. Apparently, it's apparently a, a dirty word. Um, but Skyler liked it, you know. Skyler yeah, liked Skyler's it, in. you know. Yeah, the car wash, you know, whatever. Yeah, it takes. Boom. boom. She was in. Um, um, I missed that show. By the way, that was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. Okay, so um, so so let me let me back up. I just want to take a second, make sure everybody's on the same page here. It's a tax strategy first. It's not just a tax strategy, but it's a tax strategy. You got to expense this money that you paid to your kids. You're paying for their crap anyways. You got to go through this process and using an S-corp because you can't pay them directly out of the S-corp. Remember, we're talking about the kids under 18. And so go through these, this method. I like how Mark calls it the method. Go through this method to make sure you pay them. And now this is a strategy you can be doing every year, Right. You've got the same process. A lot of our clients are doing it year end to kind of tidy out their books and make sure the money's moved around properly. But you could be doing it every month in, in incremental amounts, um, however you want to do it. But it's got to happen. The money's got to move and cool tax strategy and savings. But paying your kids from your S-Corp or any of your other businesses is not just about a cool tax strategy. One of the cool things I like, and this is the story I want to talk about, is I, I mean, I've had an S-Corp for I don't know, 15 years now. I love my S corporation. I use it, done this strategy, but I also love trying to get kids involved in my business or in other entrepreneurial efforts where they can learn how to work. That to me is more valuable than the tax deduction. And I just want to give one example and story. I told this on a podcast the other day, I was a guest on and, and it really rang true and they love that, this, this idea. So I just want to share it with everybody because it's been years since I've shared this. I used to garage sales with my my kids, this is back, my two older kids, back when they were like 10 and 12, they would do a garage sale. My two daughters, uh, Brooke and Claire. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, this is these good times, you know? And, um, but it was for them and I gave them all the crap I was going to get rid of anyways. You know, I was going to go donate anyways. I didn't want this stuff. Go sell it. And I told them, you can keep half of whatever you make. You got to pay the other half to me. I was first teaching them the principle of taxes. You know, you got to pay yeah. the man, you know, so I was going to take half the profits. <laughs> um, Matt's the man in that. Example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <keep going>. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, but then they had to go out and figure it out. They had to make a marketing plan. Now this is back in the days where you'd put stuff on Craigslist, you know, a garage on Craigslist. <laughs> they made the signs. They kind of put them down at the main entry points to our neighborhood. So people knew there was a garage sale going on on Saturdays. They told all their friends and all their friends, parents. And it was this really cool thing because, and I did this a few for a few years with them. Um, I stood, I would like hang out in the garage, like pretending like I was working on stuff. I was kind of making sure they were safe and everything was okay, but I made them learn how to sell, how to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, garage sellers, they're coming by and you got something for 10 bucks. They're trying to get it for $2, you know? Yeah. And my kids even got used to it. Cause there was all these people that they, they just knew how to negotiate. They had to learn cause they wanted to keep the money, you know? Yeah. Um, but then as I remember, this is so funny. Cause my oldest daughter had a, she's a little older and all of her friends wanted to come help. 
And one of them was like, just kind of wanted to come for the fun of it. So my friend was like, cool, you can help. And another one's like, well, I want to get paid. You're making money. And she like agreed to pay her some like rate of like a dollar an hour or something. And then some other kid was like, wanted like some like commission structure. Of, and she's like, she negotiated some percent of what this person sold that she got to keep. And then this other kid was like, well, I want to bring my mom's stuff. My mom wants to get rid of a bunch of crap. Can I bring it over and sell that? And she's like, cool, but you're going to have to pay me a piece of that for bringing it <laughs> this is, Was this Brooke? This was Brooke, yeah, wasn't this it? Is Brooke. This she's is freaking daughter. amazing. Yeah. Was, at any point, was there a Tom Sawyer or a Huckleberry, Huckleberry <laughs> fan? Was someone painting a fence for free? I just want to know. Did she work that angle? <laughs> I, probably. Um, probably. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. But this was just fun because – um, it was a way for kids to learn the value of money to work. It was somewhat entrepreneurial. It put them out working and talking to people and they actually loved it and their friends would like it. And we did it a few years in a row. So that's just a, a little idea. It kind of goes with the topic here of paying your Kind of goes with it. Yeah. Damn it. I mean, Matt, this is the moral of the story, people. This is the moral of the story. Thank you. Yeah. I love Matt's story because here's what it's about. It's teaching your kids about business. And if you're not able to create a garage sale or a lemonade stand, people, you have a business. Teach your kids about it. Bring them in. Talk about the business. They are dying to 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 be around you, to learn about it. And even though they're going to complain when they work, now all of my kids love to I, – I, my daughter Sydney today was like, can we talk about a rental property today? I think I found one. This is – she's 25 – she is dying to buy a rental this year. And I'm like, be patient. We got to find the right numbers. You know, you're not buying a house, you're buying numbers. And I'm still working on that with her. And, and, it, but you're, you're laying the groundwork, uh, just like Matt's story of the garage sale, recreate that experience in your business. And it, it, it's going to bless your life forever. It really mm-hmm. is. And so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. I, do you want to echo that? Or I want to follow up with a couple other technical things. Yeah, no, I, I I love that. And just try to be creative in your business. And, you know, sometimes it's your kids. You can come up with creative ways for them to be paid. You know, even my my youngest daughter now, when she comes to my events and sells my books, I'm like, you get to keep half of it. Whatever. And she loves that, right? She doesn't want to be paid for, like, just being there. She likes getting a cut of, of what's going on. And it teaches her a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit, too, and the value of, like, getting reward for what you've done. So just try no, to be creative in how you pay them. All right. Now for you tax advisors out there or tax accountants, enrolled agents, CPAs, and you're trying budding into an accounting practice, uh, please keep in mind, I have my Main Street Tax Pro certification where you can become a certified tax advisor, 12 modules, 70 plus classes, weekly trainings, extremely affordable. There's nothing like it in the country, nothing. Uh, so check that out. But I, for all of you out there that are a, a, an accounting professional, here's where the just a few technical points. In the S corporation, your 1120S, where do you write this off? If you're paying your kids that are 18 and older or 1099, you're going to put it in the category of the services they were providing. Was it marketing? Was it uh, administrative support? And they're just going to be a vendor. And they're going to be a part of your 1099, 1098 process, making sure you follow, follow those procedures in January. Make sure they're along on your vendor list, just like everybody else. Uh, it might be another expense depending on what they're providing, or you might find a line on the front page. That's cool. For the kids under age 18, do not call it payroll. They are not an employee. I put that in air quotes for a reason. You are going to call this a management fee. 
you're going to call it maybe it's janitorial, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's uh, cleanup at the at the project site. It's uh, stuffing envelopes. It's administrative. But you're going to just call it a management fee and put it on the other expense list, which you know what I'm talking about. It's a grab bag list uh, on, uh, accumulated on one line on the front of the 1120S. That's an other expense, a management fee. That management fee is going to go to the Schedule C, which is this little sole proprietorship you set up. I would like to see you 1099, the Schedule C. That's appropriate. A management company, a Schedule C with its own EIN, a DBA, is providing services to the S-Corp. So put them on the vendor list and kick out a 1099 as a management fee. Done. Now, you people here that aren't accounts, that should make sense to you. You're like, is my account doing that? You are the captain of your ship, people. Be aware of what's going on in your return. It's not hard to see these line items. I see clients all the time that say, you know, my account wrote off my travel here. Really? Show it to me. Uh, well, on the travel line. I go, it's not there. Well, you told me you wrote it off. Come to find out they didn't. You've got to be able to look at some basic lines here and know yeah. if your account's screwing you over. Um, Matt, it sounds like you want to add to that. I'm, I'm in Step two is we're going to get to the Schedule C, but thoughts on this? I mean, you've seen this yeah. for years. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't want clients to feel like overwhelmed, like you got to be the CPA. No, but this is your money. <laughs> you know? You're the one that benefits when this is done right, not the CPA or accountant. And so um, take some ownership of this is probably the best way I like to say it in making sure it's done right. And, but also don't get overwhelmed of being like, oh, mm-hmm. this is so much I got to learn. Once you get this dialed in, it's the same thing next year because your business is the yeah. same. Hopefully you're growing and you just check, get check, a check. good process and you've got it, you've got it dialed in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but it takes a little bit to get there. And so learn the stuff that works in your situation. You know, there's so many other tax strategies that need to be applied. You can get a tax and a business and tax consult comprehensive with one of the attorneys in our office to go over your specific, specific situation. Do a trifecta diagram. Look at your tax return. Talk about the things that should be implemented in your situation. They might be going through 30, 40, 50 things, but 10 of them make sense to you. And sometimes you don't know that until you go through the process, but then that benefits you year after year after year. And all those savings and everything goes into your pocket. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And uh, just love it. Amen. All right. Now, (laughs) step two, the sole proprietorship. So now you've got this, let's say in Matt's example, it was 10 grand. You're going to send that 10 grand in a 1099 to a DBA EIN. Very simple to do. And it's going to go on a Schedule C. It's a small business. Think of it as a side hustle supporting the S Corp. You're going to have 10 grand of gross income, services provided. And are you going to put it on payroll, these two kids? No, they are not a vendor. They are not a payroll. You're not going to put it on a payroll line. Again, in air quotes, we're paying them as payroll, but we're going to call it outside services. And this is one of the rules that has been in the IRS lores for years. I mean, this is in the this is good to go, people. This is the New York City deli, the Oklahoma farm. When you pay your kids under age 18 and their dependents on your tax return, now you just put it on page two of the Schedule C outside labor. That's it. Outside labor. And you could even put family labor. I could even live with family labor because if you get audited, you're going to go, that's my kid under age 18 done. No Suda, no FUDA, no FICA, no 1099, no W2. 
And the kid, if they're over the standard deduction in a state, they need to file a state return. Or if they're over the federal standard deduction, which we went over a moments ago, then they'd file a federal return. That's it. That's it. That's how you do it. So accountants, do not nut up. Do not screw this up by giving them a W-2 or a 1099. And don't think that you have to give them a W-2. I get in that argument all the time. Really? What's the penalty for not doing a W-2? Oh, it's a percentage of the tax withheld. There was no tax withheld. There is no penalty. It's an informational <laughs> return at that point. IRS agents do not care. You think they're going to chase down a $50 penalty on an informational return because you didn't file a W-2 for the kid? No, they do not care. There's no withholding and there's no FICA. So get over it. And <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and, I, if, and if you feel like you got to give this speech to your accountant, maybe you should tell them to go join Mark's Main Street Tax Pro program, for heaven's sakes, so they can learn all this stuff to help you. And if you're looking for a certified tax advisor on my website, marchacolor.com, go up to the top menu bar and look at the network. And I have a network of certified tax advisors that you can interview. They'll interview you. Make sure it's a good fit because I want them to get quality clients that want to plan, want to strategize, and want an advisor. If you're looking for that relationship, go to the network. We actually have a waiting list there. We're trying to divvy them out to advisors as fast as we can. And it's just, it's the tribe is growing. It's booming. We are so excited. The accounting industry is going to be great again. It really is. There's so many accountants that are dying to be better advisors, and I'm going to try to provide the path. It's so exciting. Love it. Well, that's paying well, your kids. Easy schmeasy. Yeah, I think we oh. broke the myth down. Um, you can do it. Remember, you got to know the method. Um, and Mark's got a chapter in his book, like he said, Tax and Legal Playbook on it. Um, we've got some other ins, uh, you know, things we talked about here, by the way, paying your kids to do a Roth IRA, kids Roth IRAs. Yes. We've got a separate podcast episode on that. Don't remember that little nugget that came out. We just talked about it for a second. Um, so there's a lot of cool things you can be doing and paying your kids. Um, hopefully you'll learn something here and we'll be yeah, back. And by the way, yeah. well, hold on. I want to say this too. I had a client this last year that said, damn, I didn't pay my kids. I didn't follow the process before December 31st because you can't say you paid your kids. You actually have to do it. Yeah. So if you missed it in 2022, make sure you're following the steps in 2023. I joke about Better Call Saul and laundering money, but it is true. You've got to show that the escort paid the sole prop and the sole prop paid the kids. Make sure they have a bank account. But I had a client just this year that said, yeah, I didn't go through the steps and darn it. I wanted to open up a Roth IRA for my daughter. And I said, well, how old's your daughter? And she goes, oh, is she 16? And I said, did she do any babysitting last year? He goes, hell yeah, man. She was killing it. She was making a thousand a month during the summer. And, and she probably made four grand last year babysitting. I said, that's earned income. There was a pause on the phone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Does my daughter have to file taxes? No. Standard deductions, 1385. Hold it. Well, and last year it was 12,950. So I go, did she make more than $12,950 babysitting? No. Okay. She doesn't have to file a tax return. But did she earn four grand babysitting? Yeah. Well, she can open up a Roth IRA. He's like, Wah. what? <laughs> and so he, you can go to directedira.com on your phone and you can be setting up a, a, a Roth IRA for your kids. You can buy stock. You can buy crypto. You can then pool it in an LLC with other investments you're doing. And you can pay for the account setup fee out of your own pocket. 
So that way it's not coming out of the contribution to the re- retirement account. Mm-hmm. Get that Roth IRA going. This is what Dave Ramsey has talked about for years. Get the snowball going down the hill. We're trying to get rid of the debt with a snowball. We're also trying to grow the Roth with the snowball. Mm-hmm. Start throwing in that three, four, five grand a year. And pretty soon, within five to 10 years, your kid's sitting on several hundred grand. So get over there and open up those Roth IRAs. If your kids had any earned income last year, all we have to do is be able to show it under an audit per se. Who's going to audit a 16-year-old girl that went babysitting? Holy crap. Get the Roth IRA going, people. So anyway, sorry. Love it. That was an important little, you know, closing out thought there. So we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone, with the Main Street Business Podcast. Till then, keep living the American dream. See you then.